This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. And welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. Uh, And this week, uh, we come to you with another guest. So we've got the lovely Adam Hindley with us this week from the Northwest or there or thereabouts. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who does quite quite an array of uh, talent in his uh, property property bag property mix property bag. i like property, property bag. bag property bag yeah we'll put it in a property <laughs> bag uh, maybe, but maybe that's what we could change the name of the podcast here we could rebrand again we could call it property bag it's the property bag yeah <laughs> yeah anyway enough waffle i'm going to hand straight over to you adam to tell everyone uh, a little bit about you what you do and how you ended up here on property jam <laughs> no worries at all i love that intro by the way and <laughs> um, yeah so my name's adam hindley uh, it's great that you actually call me adam hindley everyone calls me adam hindley <laughs> and gets it wrong. You able to hear what we were saying before we started recording. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, so yeah, my name's Adam Hindley. I'm based in Leeds, but I have properties all over Yorkshire in the Northwest. I work primarily on a service accommodation basis. I deal sell all over the country. And um, I kind of have got a developed like a bit of a marketing strategy to help people get um like long medium to longer term stays in their service accommodation. But um I've only been in property just coming up to a year now so the the progress that i've made and the way that things have scaled as quickly as it has has been um quite surprising to most people because i have 15 SA service accommodation units right now that i'm currently managing so it's it's gone a little bit crazy but it's all good and yeah just loving the loving the game loving the the world of property the people that you meet is is great and yeah it's been been really good so far wow so was your background in marketing is that why you went down the route that route yeah so i've got a background in um, like i used to work for a business where it was a very much health and well-being and um i used to be a health and well-being coach going into corporate companies and things like that and then there were points where we're actually teaching health and well-being coaches how to market to go into these businesses and things like that so in marketing and business there's something called an ideal client avatar or an ica and um, I just transferred that model to now create an IGA, which is an ideal guest avatar, and helping people market to the right people for the properties that they've got in terms of service accommodation and things like that. It's been very lucrative for myself in terms of getting longer term bookings and turning my, or what would be a traditional buy to let properties to like a three time market rent buy to let on steroids <laughs> is that um, your slogan get your essay yeah, on steroids but yeah that's kind of that's kind of how i've done it like i've used the previous experience this previous previous life knowledge that i've had to then come into this i used to do a lot of social media which is hence why i think you guys have found me and that kind of thing as well and um, been able to utilize that in the world of property has served me really, really well. And that's why uh, I think it's like propelled as fast as what it has, really. Makes Very sense. nice. 
So hang on a minute, we found you, you didn't find us. That's not good, is it? Like, we're supposed to be the most popular podcast in the whole world, Adam, and I don't you know. Are, I knew who you were, but when you reached out to me, I was so, so privileged and overwhelmed with the <laughs> request that I had to come on, had to come on straight away. <laughs> Did you hear that, Jolene? Jolene's our assistant. She's, it's because of her that you are here, and she found you, and we've come together. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's brilliant. And I'm interested to know, like, serviced... Why did service feel like the most natural sort of strategy that you'd follow, given that, you know, over COVID, it was like the casualty of COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've put all of your sort of investment eggs in that basket or was it just where you're starting and you're going to like really expand from there? Like, can this model be rolled out further? Yeah, well, obviously, it's like when you start out in property, you've got to think of a way of like you have to generate cash flow because you need yeah. to be able to live to move away from what you're doing day to day. Yeah, I was in a very privileged position of where in August last year, when I first signed up to education and got my property education, um, I sold my old business and I sold that for enough where I could pay for the education or part of the education to cut a loan for the rest. And then I had six months to live without having any worries about my general day-to-day life being worried yeah, about. So, like, but basically, like you, started, you started property and you realised you had six months to live. That's what <laughs> yeah, I heard. Yeah, six months to live. Six months He's a dying living, man. Of my, life, of my life, livelihood covered kind of thing. Well, and then, uh, <laughs> and then yeah, from, from that, I, I, we're like, okay, well, how can I get into property using none of my own money or using very little money? and uh, doing rent to rent and company let agreement kind of things and then using that to obviously maximize it by turning a general buy to let to a buy to let on steroids through service accommodation was uh, kind of how I did it and then the model that I was working with is that I would use other people's money to do it and then they'd get obviously a cut of the profits but they'd be completely hands-off and then now that scales to the point of where I'm at 15 profit is soon to be 18. Oh yeah three mark in the works very soon but yeah it's um it's 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 really it's been like really cool model it's been able to open doors to work with a lot of people and um and yeah obviously over the time of managing this many properties is where i've worked out the marketing strategies that i've needed to to sort it out to go to take it to that next level next level that's what i like to hear yeah mm. it's your language isn't it babe <laughs> <laughs> so i've got another question with the properties that you've taken control of, have they required improvement works in order to get them to meet a certain SA market or have you, they've been kind of ready to go and you've just taken control? Yeah, so some of them, it's been a bit of both. So some of them have needed work and this is where my business partner who I've joined, like, so me, like I said, my background was in health and wellbeing and market and that kind of thing. Nothing to do with property. <laughs> I've picked up tools in my life. A business partner who I work with has been a carpenter for the last 25 years. He manages his own kitchen fitting business. So he knows all the ins and outs of that side of things. So it's a pretty good match in terms of I know that side, he knows that side, um, in terms of how he works together there. And then, yeah, a lot of the properties, I would say maybe about 25% of them have needed renovation work and things doing to them. But that's always had to be accounted for in our cash flow and our due diligence and been like, is this property really going to make us this much money of where we can achieve? Our, like our return on investment that we want in the time period that we've got. Obviously, it's quite hard to predict a return on investment with service accommodation because you don't know until it happens and there's a lot of things that can factor into it. But in your kind of best case, worst case, likely case, if you like the case, really allow you to 
hit the targets that you set, which for me is money out between, if it's my own property, which I'm taking and put my own money in, money out between six and eight months. If it's someone else's and they're paying like me for my services and stuff as well, it's um, it's around around 12 months time, in a normal like three year agreement kind of thing. Oh, so that's your that's your window of, of yeah yeah. So if you can get your money out within a year, then you get a two hundred percent return on investment over well two hundred on top of your initial investment over the three years. So that's kind of the the the, the model with it that we're working with a lot of the time. Awesome. Fair I enough. feel like my questions have peaked. I'm over to you. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys do you have plans to start? It sounds like most of your properties are on lease agreements. So do you have plans to start yeah. buying and, and developing yourself? Or are you looking to yeah, see what you've got right now? Yeah, 100%. So the, the model at the minute is that we've taken on the properties that we've got and we're having the goal of getting to 20, um, like I say, which shouldn't be too long. And then we're, we're, we're resetting, we're, we're systemizing, we're hiring the right people because then we want to free up my time and free up Dan, my business partner's time, to then start to really unleash what we want to do, which is um, the BRRs, getting the, the buyer for refinance kind of model going with the exit strategy being service accommodation as well so again like you're owning the property you're getting that capital appreciation but then you're getting the the super cash flow side of it as well from um from the service accommodation as well so yeah and we probably will diversify a little bit more into like hmos and maybe buy to lets and that kind of thing as well but in this current market you need to work with what works and I don't really feel like buy to lets are working too well at the minute with the interest rates and stuff. No, HMOs are working very well, they. Yeah, yeah, HMOs are flying yeah. still. So yeah, it's again, it's the it's a matter of what what we can do within the market. But again, everyone wants to get rich through property, and I don't think you get rich doing what I'm doing. You create cash flow and you can generate a decent living from it. But in three years' time, when all my agreements finished, I'm knackered. Um, there's, no, there's, 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 I can't stop doing what I'm doing now and then just be done. They don't have that kind of generational wealth and that kind of area that you get through property. So I yeah. understand that and I know that, but I've been in property 11 months. It's, it's like the, the, journey, the journey starts somewhere and it's got to grow somewhere. So it's understanding that I'm in this for the long game. I'm not in this for the, the short game. Yeah, that's really important. So what we need almost forgot to ask you the most important question of the day. <laughs> what does the human side of property look like to you or mean to you so this i actually love this question i think it's great because um, a big <laughs> a big part of my a big part of my my journey and let's say through health and well-being and and through what i do now and, and helping people like in a sense of that i've taken this in my stride and i've run with it so i there's a lot of people that reach out to me through social media asking for health and advice and i love that the idea that i've had education and i've like reached up and someone's helped pull me up and like pull me up and give me the tools that I need and now that I can like reach down a little bit a bit like stretch Armstrong getting pulled apart <laughs> like can can like help pull the people up I think that the the fact of the understanding not just property but understanding finances and understanding how property can work in terms of you being you not being the asset within your business and the property being the asset that makes the money and understanding that understanding that you can be a lot more financially independent that passive income as much as passive income doesn't exist it can exist to an extent at the same time it's that understanding that and teaching people more about financial literacy and understanding the pros sides of property is massive to me so it's like 
understanding that a house is a house, but the asset is owned, is owned or controlled or managed by someone and where that someone is in their life and what that can do for someone else's life is really, really like kind of a foundation of like my bigger reason why I want to get more known within the property space, get more, um, get more exposure because I believe that it's a model that can help so many people. So it's like being able to do that is why I think it's a long-winded answer for your question, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit of a property merry-go-round there. Of, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> people help. People help. People yeah. help. People. people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It, it very much has a health spin, doesn't it, for you? I think mm. it's that sort of mental health, well-being, kind of providing homes. Mm. It's got that kind of undercurrent, and like when you you reference your your bigger why, like if you could nail it down to like what that actually is, like what's the biggest motivating reason you're in property for? Yeah, well, it, it comes back to, well, um, my um, my mum and dad were never the best with the money, especially my dad. I mean, if you listen to this, I'm sorry, dad, but <laughs> you weren't. <laughs> and um, they never managed their finances in the right way. They never used debt as a good thing. It was always a bad thing. And um, I obviously grew up thinking that debt was so bad because mum and dad was constantly spending time paying off credit cards or uh, de dealing with things like that. And then my grandma passed away and we had to inherit her house to sell it so my mum and dad could pay off their mortgage. Obviously, that's not a position that you, you ever want to be in, to be like, someone needs to die to pay a mortgage. But um, so now the fact that I've learned more about this and I've changed my mindset towards it, it's like teaching people and letting people know that this doesn't have to be an option and that having financial literacy is so important and understanding how things work. That is why it kind of rooted down to my why, to what makes my, my bigger purpose, my higher purpose. Mm. I think it's kind of unfortunate that most people actually have that mindset that your parents have that my parents had you know that we all grew up with that that debt is bad uh, and there is bad debt obviously is not good but you know to stay away from that side of it and people just don't understand how it can benefit us mm. but, yeah uh, so it's it is it's crazy like people just not understanding the way that the world of finances work or the way that these kind of things are mm. and the, the, again it's that people are so close-minded to it it's like my parents are only opening the mind up to it now because they've seen what I've done with it but it's like before then and like me actually going into this they've supported as the work me trying something new it I don't know how much they believe that it would work yeah. at the same time and I still yeah. kind of get the odd question of being like you're still making money like, I'm doing okay, don't worry about it. <laughs> my mum's convinced I'm gonna like fold and go bankrupt at any given moment because, like, mm. she'll just read a headline and, like, especially around interest rates at the moment, or you know, Property. Any, yeah, like, oh, I like, oh, there's like a scaremongering in the market that you know, there's gonna be this huge crash and all of this stuff. Mm. And she's just like, oh, is this where the bubble is? Property, property prices gonna burst, yeah, yeah, yeah. then drop in the market, yeah. mm. and you're like, Careful. yes, I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like thirty percent. Give me forty. <laughs> yeah, she's still. I think that 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 old school mindset of like, you know, are you sure it's safe? Are you sure? Mm. You know, it's that um, fear. That's that fear massive. of it all going wrong. Yeah, yeah massive. And that yeah, I, 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 you. you've been in it for eleven months now, Adam. But my mum still asks me that same question as well yeah. about <laughs> income and 
are you still able to take enough money from the business you yes. yourself and this is like well yes i am yeah. <laughs> calm down it's okay yeah yeah no that's it. i think that uh, but i think it, it does prevent a lot of people from because like again I've, I've done social media i put myself out there I've been video content since i was like 22 and i'm 29 now and so i've lost that side of me that cares about other people's opinions when it comes to it whereas like a lot of other people that maybe knew are getting into something like that they really care about other people's opinions I mean I was doing a talk the other day and I said in the talk about how social media has been a really powerful tool for me and I said actually right now everybody in the audience get out your phones and take a picture of the stage or take a picture of the people you're with and tag them all on Instagram and tell people about what you're doing because it'll be really important to help build your brand and build your reputation and um like I could see there was like maybe 20% of the room actually did it and the other people just kind of sat there like I'm not telling people that I'm here I'm, I'm not telling people what I'm doing <laughs> yeah. my boss doesn't yeah. know I'm here <laughs> yeah. people, yeah, so. people are really scared to be visible aren't they because there's a real fear of judgment you know that you're trying mm. to break away do something different or the, the other problem is as soon as you tell people that that's what you're doing there's a risk that they're going to give you their opinion on whether you should or you shouldn't and so you open yourself up to that commentary, that narrative, that judgment. And so people are just like, no, I think I'll just, you know, I'll just stay in my box. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it. But nothing good happens in the comfort zone. So it's, it's, right, it's yeah. just a matter of having to step outside it a little bit more, isn't it? And people are scared to do it and it's understandable. And like, I have a lot of empathy for the people that are scared to do it and not being in that situation. But it's something that um, Gary Vee said a lot, which I never really understood. He's like, spend, spend your 20s experimenting and then spend your 30s refining. And like, I've completely done that. Like, in my beginning of my 20s, I was a musician. I performed on stage a lot. So it's like, when I come to doing talks and like things like this, I'm open and I'm confident to do it. Uh, I used to do a lot of social media, which has obviously really helped my brand. I've owned two businesses, which one of them I've sold. And it's like, it's, I understand business and structuring and CRMs and systems and all this kind of stuff now as well. So it's because I've got all of these different things. I've like put everything in like a nice pot and mixed it up now. And now it's like coming into the property world. It's it's working really well for me and making a nice property success cake. Nothing is ever away. away. You just took my bag analogy and ruined it now. (laughs) (laughs) The property cake podcast now. We can add some jam with that cake. Yeah. That, works. Yeah. that works. I have to say, I saw Matt's eyebrows go up when you said that you were a former musician. So I'm sure, Matt, you must have questions around that. Yeah, as as a former musician myself, you're never a, you're never a former you're musician. Always a, you're always a musician. Yeah. yeah, as a musician that got into property uh, at probably a similar time to you, actually, when I was, mm. I started when I was 29, 30, yeah, but first property when I was 30. So 30, yeah, 30, yeah, it was 30, yeah, just. This is yeah, what happens yeah. when you go over 30, you can't remember anything. <laughs> exactly, so I bought my first property when I was 30, might have been just 31, it was 18th of December 2015, so okay. I just turned 31. Um, so, so yeah, it was, um, yes, yeah, so I had a business as well, music school, mm. sold that one as, as I got into property, and uh, yeah, one of the reasons why I, I couldn't see my future to staying in the same realm as a professional musician. Um, you know, constantly living from gig to gig, from lesson to lesson. 
and yeah, I wanted to do something different. So, so kind of what what type of music were you? You uh, singer, I'm guessing, guitarist, bass player, bass, bass player. Bass player, yeah. I played bass and played keys, uh, a little bit of synth and stuff, and then yeah, uh, a little bit of BVs, backing vocals and stuff like that as well. But um, yeah, it, I mean, I, I loved it. Like, I got I've played like supported in 1975. I played with Catfish in the Bottom and then some really like big big names and stuff like that. And it was that whole you knocking on the door of is this next gig? Is this next agent? Is this next um, tall like tall manager going to be the person that gets us over the line? Kind of thing. Yeah. And it was just a matter of the spiraling in life of just being like, okay, well we'll train, oh, we'll practice like a lot for a tour. We'll do four dates, five dates on a tour. Play for all these people. Three months we're not really doing much again. I've got to get back on my normal life. Then we've got a really intense three weeks practicing again. Another little five day tour. And then another two months, we don't have anything to do. And then it's, <laughs> it was just all this kind of stuff just going round and round. Yeah. It just wasn't like sustainable. And I'd just finished uni at this time. Um, I've got a degree in physiotherapy, uh, which kind of led me on to the fitness side of things. And I was like, I was trying to build a bit of a, like a business in a gym doing that. But then I had to keep taking time away. It was like, I had to just kind of pull the plug on one. And it just seemed that the music had run its course which I loved it I did love it I really did but it was um and I still love like and I think I've kind of changed that now I've been like when I'm speaking on stages or doing things like public speaking events and I love doing that and it gives me that same kind of buzz but I just get to inspire people in a, a slightly different way well I hope I try to inspire people in different ways but um but yeah it's it's something that I do I do love and I potentially again as a bit of a passion thing I'd play some pub gigs but <laughs> The property jam jam band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, um, no, no. Th- thankfully yeah. I am. I'm still playing. I uh, released an album last year. There we are. There it is. Oh, nice. Yeah, Latin American music. So it's it's good fun. Awesome, yeah. mate. Now, it's now good to keep doing it. Now on the hunt for an agent at the moment. Now I can play the triangle. Yeah. Oh yes, and, and the yeah. tambourine. And the tambourine. Yeah. yeah. I can. I got to. All the percussion side. Pray for clarinet. Well, <laughs> I used to that. play. I used to play a snare drum when I was younger. Oh, I mean, <laughs> single snare drum. <laughs> oh, talent. No, there's doubles. <laughs> no, there's doubles. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so I believe that uh, you've come prepared with a question for us. So we're going to hand yeah. the mic over to you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so here you go. So my my question, really, really deep one, is. Um, if you're in the middle of a refurb project, you're to do site visits, you're to go and things like that, and you're like, I ain't eating today. What's your meal deal choice and where you're going for oh, it? That's such a good oh. I fucking love that question. <laughs> yeah. So cu- currently, um, it's generally, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, it's Tesco. Mm. Yeah, Tesco meal deal. It's a chicken and bacon wrap with a protein shake and a well i'm either feeling a pot of olives or um something like chips or something like that and i'll probably throw in something sweet for for good measure nice is that a fuel are you going for like a fuel one are you going for something whatever's included in the meal deal so whatever's in the meal deal i mean the kid deal um it's sponsors it. wanted <laughs> exactly. you know what heal if you'd like to sponsor us <laughs> we're very open to discussion uh, so yeah it's generally what's on um i can picture them i can't remember the name of the brand 
yeah. <clears throat> no more sort of plugs for quite nothing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Niall, what about you? Uh, well, mine's actually quite boring because it just depends on what's in the shop that I can it's actually available, eat. right? <laughs> yeah. I'll, take, I'll take yeah. that chicken salad, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> chicken. Uh, yeah, because I'm plant-based. I don't eat meat or anything. Me too. So I would. it, it tends to be either some kind of falafel wrap or whatever's in the shop. Tesco does tend to be quite good for that mm. um, with salt and vinegar crisps. If they have a nice. vegan option, kettle chips are good. And one, salt of, and vinegar are the ones. one of those green, uh, what smoothies. do you call them? Green smoothies, yeah. Green machine. Nice. Green machine. Nice. That's my go-to, yeah. Oh God, so much healthier than mine. So, um, <laughs> So, um, Adam, I need you to close your health and well-being ears. Uh, so, if I'm if I'm in Lincoln, uh, where my student stuff is, it's very much uh, kebab. Kebab. Um, no, it would be a te- it would be co-op actually because co-op tends to be the the. the that's the, the one next to your house, isn't it? It's the one that's along from like yeah. where my stuff is. Yeah, and um, I'll go in there and I will buy normally a cheese an onion sandwich and i'll have um what else will i have i'll have something vinegar crisp so yeah that'd be my go-to um and yeah probably something smoothie-ish so it's not terrible but it's also not that great it's a bit beige um mm. and it has to be a pink lady apple but i have a pink lady oh, apple nice. the world comes to an end if i'm in <laughs> grimsby it's something it's it's so bad like it's so bad no it's not kebab it's baked goods so they have like really like nice what I call northern baking you know they've got mm. nice bakeries and so I'll have something like a steak pie and then like some sort of Chelsea bun or something for like it's so pastry it's terrible like it's so unhealthy um so, yeah, it's so heavy and my LinkedIn investments, they don't appreciate Grimsby. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, yeah it's, it's so, so heavy, heavy, it's even making your internet slow. <laughs> I thought it was me. I thought it was me. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was watching you, Adam, going, Is he moving at normal speed? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely Joe, Joe's uh, internet. Yeah. You can stop now, Joe. Okay? <laughs> we get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd I'd be I'd be on the similar similar side to you. It's whatever's plant based, to be honest. The the no the no duck hoisting wraps is my tend to go to one in the in Tesco. Um, yeah. I get a, like a white monster and then McCoy's salt and vinegar crisps is definitely my go to. Nice. Not necessarily the healthiest, but you've got to live. A I was going to say you put a monster in there from a. Health- <laughs> <laughs> you've got to get the energy from somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's generally glowing. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> So true. <laughs> oh, brilliant. That was a really good question, actually. Cheers, Adam. Um, uh, you know, I'm feeling Joe's northern baking right now because as a one thing I didn't say that I, I am a pseudo northerner. I grew up in just down the road from you, just down the road from Leeds in Wakey, Wakefield. Oh nice, yeah. No yeah. Wakefield. I did. That was yeah. my first property that didn't go through that one. The first viewing I got on a rent to rent that failed that didn't go through was in Wakefield. <laughs> so yeah. has it given you a better taste now for Wakefield? Not going back. My initial my initial idea was that um I mean it probably still will be that he's like I wanted to 
own the M62 in terms of like service accommodation, short term let properties, like all the way across to like Cleethorpes and Grimsby and Hull, and then kind of areas going all the way across to Liverpool. Um, and yeah, but I just realized I was starting out way too big of a patch and I did some serious miles. <laughs> so and I narrowed that down a little bit. But um, my, my business partner's based just, just south of Liverpool. So um, it worked out quite well that he can kind of cover Liverpool and that kind of side of Manchester. And then I cover like Manchester, this side going up into like Harrogate, North Yorkshire, them kind of areas and stuff as well. Yeah, no, wonderful. Very good. Mm. Very good. Cool, cool. Shall we play a little game? Yeah, let's do that. While Joe sorts her internet out. So we're going to play a game of Episode Roulette, which is, uh, for any listener out there who's a first-time Property Jam listener, uh, it's a game where we ask our guest to, well, I'm going to scroll through the previous episodes of Property Jam, and then Adam is going to say stop, and then I'm going to ask him his opinion on that particular episode topic. So I am now scrolling. Stop. Okay, so episode 58, Property and Romance, Should You Bed Your Business Partner? Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> so um, this was a conversation with, um, I'm with a guest on that, that I, one. Or not. I don't, or maybe was Donna on that, no? No, that no, might be a different one. Potentially, but um, no, the idea here is um, whether you should or whether you shouldn't work with your with your partner not necessarily whether you're going to turn around and, and bed what's his face from south of liverpool but... <laughs> um, what's your view on that i always use the saying that don't shit where you eat <laughs> um, but uh, the the idea is for me really it's um i mean it, i guess it it depends if you start out with it if you're starting out as a couple going into it together and wanting to try something new I, I guess that, that, that it's going to cause particular friction and you need to have that kind of conversation before you, you start in terms of like, if this is getting too much, does just one of us take over doing this or whatever and whatnot? But um, I personally, I mean, saying that I went on a trading course last week and my girl that I met there, I've taken out on a date last week. So Ooh. maybe, but I don't know. I don't this know could like, be a whole new dating strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So um, yeah, it would. Personally, I think that I wouldn't go out there looking for that. But if it happened to come about, then and you like you find it there. Then if you've got someone that is a the similar passion to you and a similar mindset and similar drive, then I can't see that, that being a bad thing. But yeah. it's just whether um like in, in business in general, I think you can be a number one, a number two, or a number three. And if you both like number one is like the CEO, the person that makes the, the commands, your number two is like can take instruction but could delegate and then number three just the the, dele- the people you delegate to if you've got two number ones then you're going to clash and you're going to fight a lot but if you've got a number one and then one person can be a number two uh, i think that that can work that could work quite well but i think again that discussion and that open communication needs to happen in a relationship for even that to, to be a thing in the first place yeah, and I don't think you're going to be opening up a business with uh, this girl you just bet last week anytime soon. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> but, uh, okay, cool. Did you want to add to that? No, 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 no that's all good. Cool, cool. Uh, we are, I am scrolling again. Stop. Oh. So, the 
next episode. These are all very non non helpful episodes that I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go again. Okay. Okay. Stop. Okay. Um, episode sixteen. Back to work blues. Do you love what you're doing enough? Do you get any? any this was talking about um going back after the new year wasn't it after... go, yes you go back after the new year and, yeah. and whether yeah you're yeah excited for it whether you are any any bits that you're not looking forward to doing and other people sitting at home going oh, i've got to go back and sit at my desk yeah you're dragging yourself out of bed or jumping out of bed <laughs> yeah well i i honestly i honestly love the what i do i love I love a lot of the elements of what I do. I know that when I've built and systemized my job a little bit more and systemized my business where I can outsource the 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 meat like the menial tasks and things like that, that and like the admin kind of stuff, then I will because I love my main role is marketing, communicating, bringing in new business, uh, going and viewing properties and closing agents and landlords and these kind of things. So it's like at the minute I love doing that because I can I don't know if you guys tell, but I like talking. <laughs> but um, uh, the, <laughs> the, um, but when it comes to when it comes to like say doing like admin tasks or like contracts and all these kind of things, really don't like doing that kind of stuff. So it depends on the day, I would have to say. But in general, yes, I love this game. I love what I'm doing, and I love the chance, the fact that I get to meet so many new people and. Uh, being in so many different spaces and locations and things like that as well mm. especially at the minute like I said um, I when I started in property uh, again going deeper into the story of it all I broke up with my girlfriend last year which was like a really long-term relationship I went through a pretty crap time at that time and um, dealing with that all mentally and stuff as well um, and then coming into property it gave me kind of a new lease of life but it's that has been my focus like I've been 100% focused on um, property and not like really given much time for, for much else so yes I love what I'm doing and I can spend time I can go spend five days in London or like last week I was there for about eight days and then um, come back to Leeds today I'm in Liverpool so I'm staying over in Liverpool tonight and then I'll go back to Leeds again tomorrow and it's like so I'm, I am literally all over the place all the time but I love that freedom because when I was a physio I worked in a box room when I ran my health and wellbeing business, I ran from my, I worked from my computer, which again was in a box room. So now I'm giving myself this freedom to travel around. And I'm not saying, but in a few years or at some point, it probably will go where I'll go like, okay, well, what's Dubai saying for investment? What's uh, other places like that, especially in the service accommodation world, because there's always going to be demand for short-term stays in them kind of markets as well. Correct me if, if I'm wrong. Are you sitting in a box room right now? <laughs> I'm sitting in a box room right now. I am, let, this, you're back, this you're, 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 you're back in your box here. Yeah, yeah. So I'm currently in one of the essays that we are uh, staging right now, and I'm currently sat on a <laughs> one bed, like a one, like <laughs> sitting legs crossed on like a, a bed. Just <laughs> not even. Uh, it's like a single bed from like a kid's room that we haven't taken out of the property yet. Well. Dan downstairs is fitting the new kitchen <laughs> properly. <laughs> properly on the job. I love it. Yeah, properly on the job. job. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Let's do, let's do uh, one more quick fire. So I'm scrolling again. Okay. And stop. Okay. Let's go with this. Oh, interesting. Episode 23, rent to rent versus investing. Ooh. Um, 
So it depends what your goals are. If your goal is to get rich, then you want to invest. If your goal is to get capital and replace maybe an income or a, from a job or things like that, then you want to potentially look at rent to rent because rent to rent is going to take you less money and it can pr- pr- like provide decent cash flow if done properly. Um, but it's not going to get you rich. At the end of the day, you don't own anything. You don't own an asset. You just have control. Control is good for cash flow. Owning is good for getting rich. So it would depend completely on what your your goals are as an investor or as a uh, someone who's getting into property. And I think that control can be great to give you the, the foundational skills of what you need to then invest uh, further down the line. But it completely depends on the person's goals, I would say. I think you're the first person that I've met that's in the service accommodation industry that looks at it like that, at least anyone that I've spoken to. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think it's quite, what's the word I'm looking for? It is insightful. Insightful. It's encouraging. It's good. Good. No, I mean, it's a realistic look at the market um, because, yeah. you know, it, it, it is a business strategy rather than a property strategy. You're managing other people's properties, but with the aim to get your own portfolio by the income that you're earning from it. So I think that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, if you look at the look at the market now in terms of the the interest rates and things like that, or anyway, if you look at the rent to rent model, if I say if someone did was really clever and just fixed their interest rates a while back and they got it a really nice percentage, and then their their interest payments are like four hundred pounds, and then they can get a thousand pound rent, then amazing, they're making six hundred pounds. But if I can use that model, but then put it as service accommodation. And like say on average, my property is a turnover around three thousand pounds a month without paying a rent. Then, if you cost before obviously bills and everything like that, but your actual mortgage cost is four hundred pounds, then that's two thousand six hundred pounds that you've turned over from the property. So it makes it so much more appealing in terms of combining the strategies. But yeah. obviously, we have, have no idea what the interest rates are going to do. So. We might all be paying normal rents in terms of interest anyway. So, um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's like if you can combine the two aspects of the model that work, like the generating higher cash flow model plus the ownership side of it, that in my sense is a super strategy. Like it makes super, it makes so much sense. But I'm like say I've positioned myself now where I've managed the concept of managed service accommodation through rent to rent. I understand it. I feel like I've got a good grasp on it now. And now I'm helping other people maximize their rent to rents as well and their service accommodations that now I can use that to go into that model. Whereas if someone's just coming into it and they're investing and they've learned about all the stuff for the service accommodation side of it, that is a business in itself. Yeah. And it's not necessarily an investment. So if I can build my service accommodation business to the point where I can take my investments, pass them to that, systemize that, then you get in the super rent side of it at the same time as well. Super strategy, super rent. I think it's been a super podcast. Thank you very much <laughs> for joining us, uh, Adam. So if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? So best play, I'm, on, I'm all over all the social medias, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, um, whatever. I've got a YouTube channel as well myself. So uh, just Adam Hindley, Adam Hindley official will be the, the tagline a lot of the time and you will, I will pop up on most places. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, whether it's marketing, deal sourcing, or um, even learning a little bit more about rent to rent, then I'm more than happy to help. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, for today, it's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. 
jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you, you on the next, next episode, episode.